calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Like, I don't want to paint this picture of, like, all gay men are anti-relationship and, like, oh, sure. want the end of, you know, monogamy and are going to destroy the the sanctity <laughs> of marriage. I've already and, ruined that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank that was, like, you. the first I thing I did when they let us get married. I'm like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's over for you, straight. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast proving that love is love as long as it's between queers, or who cares? I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali. And today we are diking out with Amy Ordman and Jack Dodge, the hosts of Dating Straight, about, well, love. You love to hear it. <laughs> Some quick announcements. Tickets are on sale now for our You Halloween show. That is Monday, October 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Can get those tickets before they sell out and they will sell out yeah they are going they're going uh we have tickets for viewing it live and just like last time with our last show if you can't make it we do have a ticket option to view it later for anyone viewing live we'll have a costume contest at the end of the show so anyone wearing a costume will be able to join the zoom screen we will have a poll and the winner will get a diking out you holler pack mailed to them within the country if you're international or prefer it you can be our guest on a patreon off-topic episode and we'll dike out about anything you want oh wow well that's a cool prize i think people might want that over the pins, unless they're a tender queer and they're a little yeah. bit shy and they don't want to dike out with us. But that's really cool. And I also want to say for anybody who was at the Stonewall show last October, this will be a lot more democratic in terms of a costume contest. I'm not just going to automatically give first place to the person who dressed up as me. Uh, <laughs> there will be no nepotism this time around. It will be a more scientific poll that will be conducted by our 
tech guru Lauren and everything will be fair and square. So Mm -hmm. if you want to dike out with us or you really want some uh, free diking out merch, get that costume together. You got a week to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That goes for you too, Melody. Get your costume (laughs) together. It takes Um, a while. I procrastinate every year. This year I have fellow Capricorn Carolyn to keep me in check and on track. And the show will once again be sponsored by our good friends at Maker's Mark, helping us safely enjoy cocktails from home. You can find a link to the tickets on our Instagram or at dykingout.com slash events or on our Facebook page. There's links everywhere. Uh, on the show, we're going to have performances by past guests, Becca Blackwell, Kara Connors, Ashley Ray, Tian Tran, and we are probably going to have a little surprise in the mix if scheduling goes okay from another past guest of ours. So stay tuned for that. But these are all recent guests who are listener favorites. And really the best thing about 2020 was the chance to dike out with these fine, fine queers. So I'm so excited to bring them together for this show. Yeah, listener and host favorites. I'm so excited. What else, Melody? Well, Carolyn, if listeners are looking for a way to add more queer community to their lives, they can go to patreon.com slash diking out and you'll be able to interact and get to know us more, our guests more, and other U-Haulers. It is quite the community. It is. Sounds like a deal. I just posted uh, a bunch of my past Halloween photos on our patron Facebook group. That's for people who are at the $10 a month level. And we have a lot of fun there. So join the party. And lastly, keep those five-star Apple podcast reviews coming. We love how funny some of you are. They really brighten our day and boost our rankings. So thank you again for that. It does mean a lot. Sorry to be annoying about it, but you know, this is our job. Yeah. Oh, man, what a week, Melody. You just got back from the woods. Yes, I did. I have been off the grid for, what, four days? Are you a whole new dyke? Yes, I went upstate to a cabin on a lake in the middle of nowhere. It's on Lake Desolation, and it truly is desolate up there. Um, It's kind of close to Saratoga Springs. It was truly off the grid. It sounds like a horror movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it was. And by that, I mean, there were Trump signs everywhere. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, this was my first venture out of the city since COVID hit. And I don't know, maybe also my first venture out of a city during an election season. Like, I just... Are we seeing more signs than normal during this election than we ever have before? Like, I don't remember driving around and seeing just bush flags waving in the wind. The flags, like, the flags are phenomenon. out of control. Yeah. yeah. So we're on a lake and there's like a lot of boats had the Trump flags, a lot of houses. Why is it that the further north you go, the more south it feels? Um, (laughs) And by that, I mean, I saw literal, not just Trump flags, but Confederate flags in upstate New York. Why? There was one house by us that had just this tattered American flag next to a Confederate flag next to a Trump Pence flag. Some people love an underdog. (laughs) 
Also, it's just dumb to see an American and Confederate flag right next to each other. <laughs> right, um, right. What I did love about this house is right next door, their neighbors had a huge rainbow flag. And then across the street from them was a huge lawn sign that said, any functioning adult 2020. So <laughs> at least there was variety. <laughs> Late Wednesday night, it was too dark for us to like find a store to get food. So we're like, it's okay. We'll go to a diner in the morning. We'll find some place in some town. And we're, we're driving for miles trying to find some place to eat. We finally find a diner. It is basically the theme of it is men in uniform, essentially. Um, <laughs> it's like a diner slash shrine to... Um, veterans but also like especially probably lately there's a lot of cop stuff <laughs> like okay. a lot of like blue lives matter flags sure. um and it was just also some of the best food i've ever had um <laughs> but also i have you ever been terrified while enjoying your food so much it was such a jarring experience <laughs> yeah but that was at a restaurant that had uh, bullet holes in the front door oh. so oh, back in atlanta i was going to say actually southside chicago <laughs> You gotta get chicken from the places with the bullet holes in. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. That is actually a thing. Best burger <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> it was scary. Uh, we were the uh, youngest ones. It was just a lot of white-haired um, patrons glued to the Fox News playing in this diner. I've never seen anything like it. In walks Melody Kamali. <laughs> Just the brownest thing they've ever seen, hiding behind my much shorter white girlfriend. And they're like, here it is. It's Sharia law. <laughs> Coming to get us. This is what we've been preparing for. I know. I will say we, um, on our last day, ventured out and found a, we, f we followed the Biden-Harris signs until we found a village that seemed very liberal. It's called Boston Great. Spa, New York. <laughs> nice. Um, and it, truly, like we were just driving around and we were like, whoa, we're seeing a lot less Trump signs and a lot more Biden. And we seriously, it led us to this very adorable village where there was just so many antique shops, cafes, tea houses, uh, vintage stores. Uh, we went, you know, crate digging, found a bunch of records. And I will say I thought of you because when we got to the M section of the record store and I found all the Madonna vinyl, I think I realized I am a Madonna fan. Like I was yes. like, oh, I love this song. Oh, I love this song. Oh, oh I know God. this. Like I know all her <laughs> albums and I, I guess I am a fan. And I maybe in comparison to you felt sure. like I wasn't. Sure. But... <laughs> That was that was a little epiphany I had yesterday in the record store. Well, I'm glad that you finally realize all the things that Madonna has done to contribute to your life and, and shape you. And now you're going to be a super fan forever. And that's all yeah. we'll ever talk about. Great. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you were doing that, I watched a two episodes of a new show on Hulu because I read that there was gay stuff in it. And the first one I'll, I will mention, it was episode seven of Hulu's Monsterland. And it was directed by none other than past Ooh. guest Desiree, Desiree Akhavan. Yes. And as I'm watching, it also starred another past guest, uh, Alice Kremelberg. Who, oh, really? That was before your time, but 
Alice was in Orange is the New Black, and her episode of Diking Out was about the creative journey. So it was cool to see her in that. She's a great actress. It was a good role for her. That storyline was like a little bit queer, not super explicitly, but there were definitely like queer uh, overtones to yeah. it, I would say, about that being kind of like obsessed with a a friend type storyline. It's weird. It's a weird show. The other episode that was a lot more queer was episode five. And that one has Taylor Schilling and Roberta Calindra's playing wives. And they make out and they are being such cute wives in the beginning. And then everything goes to hell. And it's very bad and like a lot of trigger warnings. So I would not watch that if you have any issues with like mental illness or suicide that Uh might be triggering. So because I know it's tempting. I know you hear like Taylor Schilling, Roberta Calindra's. If you don't know, I mean, Taylor Schilling is Piper on Orange is the New Black. Roberta Calindra's was, uh, she played Joan in Fun Home. And then she's been in shows like uh, Vita, I Love Dick, um, some others, but I, I'm such a big fan of hers and it was like cool to see them. And then everything goes, goes really in a south. show called Monsterland. Yeah. in a show you called Monsterland. Say. I can't wait to watch. <laughs> Can I just say, speaking of past guests, did you see that Rita Brent got <gasps> married? Yes, I did see that. I saw that this morning. She was supposed to have her wedding, I think, yesterday, and that was the original date, but because of COVID, it got postponed, and I kind of knew it was coming up because she actually asked me if I knew any queer people who could marry them, mm-hmm. anyone who is like an, an ordained minister, and I, I was looking around trying to help them out, but then because they didn't want to wait in these crazy times, they just got married. Crazy gay in these crazy times. Why would you wait? That's not gay culture. Yeah. Uh, The pictures, I'm looking at them right now. So cute. And I love this. They have, um, if you go to thenot.com slash Frida and Rita, you can buy something from their registry and then you get sent um, the footage from their wedding, which is some more gay content for you to watch if you want. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love them. I'm so happy for them. They're such a great couple and they have such a great dynamic and there's just so much love there between them. And they're so cute. Oh, speaking of love, we should get to our topic soon. So before we do real quick, what's the gayest thing you did this week? Well, 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 I really did have just such a gay week upstate. Um, Inherently gay. Um, Allie and I, you know, had sex in a cabin. Oh, we're not allowed to say sex. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's not the gayest thing. (laughs) But I do want to say that (laughs) before I get to my gayest thing, um, since we're not allowed to say sex, can I at least say that (laughs) Allie tried to initiate sex with me by saying, want to see my butt? (laughs) Which was... (laughs) The funniest. (laughs) 
maybe because we're still very giggly, but out of nowhere, she just turns to me with like a come hither look, but then opens her mouth and out comes, want to see my butt? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Classic Allie. Classic Al. (laughs) Um, But this tavern, it's called Tinny's Tavern. And it's the only restaurant four miles. Um, they only do, I think, lunch and dinner or maybe just dinner. So we would go there for dinner every night. And we're very lucky that it was just like a few steps from the cabin. Otherwise, if it wasn't there, we'd have to drive miles to find some place to eat. So we would walk over every night and we noticed the first night we were there that um, there was definitely a dyke server like just yes. the biggest dyke we had seen for miles and miles. Um, very refreshing. Felt immediately comfortable, right? <laughs> up until that point, the only source of comfort I had up there was Allie's North Carolina plates on her van. I thought, well, I feel like this protects us up here. But no, <laughs> we go to Tinny's Tavern and we see this just classic kind of butch dyke server and we're like ooh, i hope we get her uh we didn't and so we went and we were like can we make a reservation for tomorrow night um and so then saturday night we go and we made sure to wear our gayest outfits i can show you pictures i'll post pictures in the patreon facebook group great like really diked it up uh, clothing wise. <laughs> and we went again, hoping to get her as a server again. She was not. Um, so we were just doing our best to signal to her the whole time. Like Allie had her hand on my knee while we ate every time she'd pass by, we'd get a little closer. It, it really got to the point where we're wrapping up our meal. She's walking by to another table and Allie just broke out into, I know you, I know you. <laughs> Speaking of fun home. <laughs> you know, when you said classic Butch Dyke, I was just singing Ring of Keys. Uh, yeah, that's, and she had one. Um, <laughs> like, she had a bus cut. She had her, yes. like, saggy jeans. Um, so it became a thing where we saw her a lot. Um, we had to walk by Tinny's a lot, even when we weren't going to eat there. It was, like, right by the cabin. So that song is still stuck in my head. We really belted it every time we were in or around Tinny's tavern and I was cursing that I didn't have my um taking out business cards and that made me realize uh, I really should bring them anywhere I go because I may be surrounded by Trump or Confederate flags, but there will always be a dyke somewhere that I should give the card to. <laughs> yes. I love to think that this dyke was going home to her wife every night and being like Yeah, these two straight girls have been harassing me every time they come in. They're just, (laughs) they're singing Fun Home and they're, uh, you know, pretending to be gay just to, (laughs) to make me feel weird or. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's better than her going home to a husband and we're way off and her being like, do you know a song that's like, I know you. Is that like a, a new? What is that? <laughs> I know. I was also thinking like she could just be a QAnon supporter. Yeah. <laughs> is it a dyke or is it a QAnon supporter? Fun twenty twenty game. <laughs> yeah, not supporter. Believer. 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 It is a free thinker. Sure. Sure. Religion. Sure. Religion. Oh my gosh. Um, Carolyn. 
Yeah. Think you, think you can top that? What was the gayest thing you did this last week? The gayest thing that I did last week, it's not so much that I did it, it happened to me. And it was that I was reviewing paperwork for our new, hopefully, house, if everything goes well. You know, yes. we're under contract. And I got a record from our lawyer of all of the past permits for any building that was done on the property. And there was a permit for a small extension that was put on the home. And I looked at the names on the permit and our house used to be owned by lesbians. Yes. Yes. A 2020 miracle. I know. No wonder Cecilia and I had, we had this like great feeling about this place, but we're like, are we crazy? Because it definitely, it's not cute. I mean, it's, it's a good location, but it, Needs a lot of work done to it, but we immediately felt so drawn to it. And we're like, maybe this is why we could like sense the dyke energy in this house. And I told Cecilia and she got so excited and she just kind of like took her hands and like ran them over her body and goes, I just got a sapphic rush. <laughs> she was merch. so pleased to know this. Merch alert. <laughs> sapphic rush. Sapphic rush. <laughs> Love it. And, you know, uh, of course, I had to do some research to verify. I mean, I was pretty sure, right? Because this permit was in the 80s and it was two women with different last names, but their first names were Anita and Dolores. (laughs) And that's not a couple of dykes uh, (laughs) living upstate. (laughs) I don't know what is. So... I did a little bit of research. I believe they are both now deceased, one quite recently, but I found Anita's obituary and there is no no husband, no children. Of course. You know, she's got nieces and nephews. Yeah, she does. <laughs> and then I found her picture on Facebook, which she hasn't updated in a while because she's dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> she appears to have a, a dikey mullet you know, and I I couldn't be more thrilled, honestly. I hope, uh, even though they later moved to Florida, uh, yes, I have enough information to do a separate podcast from this about the lives. Oh, yeah. What, what you I should hope. do a spinoff podcast. Yeah. Tracking I, them down. And I'm going to call their families and they're going to be like, what? No, <laughs> she wasn't gay. She just had her friend Dolores. Uh it's a true Boston marriage. I hope that their ghosts come back to this property and decide to haunt it. There's nothing I would love more than to be haunted by some lesbian ghosts. Yeah. Tis Ooh. the season. What would a lesbian ghost do? What would a lesbian haunting look like? They would drain the batteries of our vibrators. <laughs> Be like, this is so mysterious. It couldn't be that somebody's secretly using these all the time. It must be the ghost. (laughs) That's why it's never charged. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Um, So just couldn't be more pleased about that. And, you know, speaking of two old secret dykes maybe in the the 80s who had to hide their love let's get into our conversation about love love it 
So just to remind everyone, today we are diking out about love with Amy Ordman and Jack Dodge, the hosts of the Dating Straight podcast. You might know them from the podcast or from their respective YouTube channels where they give viewers a regular glimpse into their super gay lives. What do you say, Melody? Let's go. Amy and Jack, we are so excited to have you here today to dike out with us about love. Wow. That's like what we do every day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't believe that we actually haven't had love as an episode. It seems like such... What do you mean? Big part. Like every episode we have a different topic and nobody's picked love before. Like we talk about it and stuff, but we've never... Comes up. Yeah. (laughs) How bizarre. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's like all we talk about on our podcast. So it's like, can't even believe it. (laughs) Well, before we get into the topic and a little bit more about you two, there's something that we want to ask you both. Melody? We need need to ask you a question. And that would be, what is the gayest thing you did this week? It's so tough because I live alone and don't talk to people. So I can't even like, what is, oh, I, I don't know. I wished my cat, a happy black cat awareness month. Does that? <laughs> I know. Yes, I did see a cat like in the background. Gay. I was going to say, you have to have something. Well, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, pretty I got gay. Cats. Um, Black sure. Cat Awareness Month. I didn't know. I think maybe you gay. informing me about that could be the gayest thing you've done this <laughs> week. Just teaching another dyke about cats. I don't have it's cats, so I need important. all the education I can get. For me, um, I guess, I mean, this doesn't even like have to do with gayness necessarily, necessarily, but my lesbian roommate All right. uh, tested positive for coronavirus. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so I saw that you recently moved to New York, and I'm like, why? Doesn't he know the second wave is coming? And if you weren't here yeah, for the first know, one, let me tell you, it was horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I think we're unfortunately... On the way. The thing is, is we were like very careful about everything. And, you know. Not careful enough. Here we are. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess the, I would just say a PSA. Gays are not immune. I feel like there's this like theory that gays are immune to this virus. Mm -hmm. Nuh-uh-uh. No, I proved that wrong with uh, week one of coronavirus. (laughs) Got that right away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. no, it's it's crazy. In New York, I would say it's like the one place that no matter how careful you are about it, it doesn't matter. It finds you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It found us. Yeah. It's like everything in New York. It's like no matter how hard you try to make sure you never have mice in your apartment, like you could have the cleanest apartment. We have one. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, you're a New Yorker now. Wow. Uh, high risk of COVID, mouse in the apartment. What else? How many um, um, unwanted peens have you seen in the street? Have you seen poop none. on the subway? You came after they've officially banned pooping on the subway, so this is good timing on okay. your part. That was 
really, they I don't know why they didn't think about that before. I think that's <laughs> why it was happening. People were like, there's no official mm. ban on pooping, so I'm just going to keep pooping on the subway. But now the ban is yeah. official, and I'm pretty sure it's going to work 100%. <laughs> if it's convenient, it's convenient, you know? Yeah, like- when you got to go. <laughs> Amy's wow. like, I'm staying in yeah. LA forever. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <to be> you guys. <laughs> so tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves. You have a podcast called uh, Dating Straight. How did you meet and decide to do this podcast? We're actually approaching next month our seven month or no, <laughs> no, no, seven, seven year <laughs> anniversary of friendship. Um, Ooh. Yeah, which is quite exciting. We did not like each other at the beginning. Um, I liked him. (laughs) He didn't like me. That is not true. That is not true. I just spent. You thought. You did not like look at me being like, wow, this friend of mine, you know? You don't know how I looked at you. I was just. (laughs) I just hung out more with his sister for like the first three days of our friendship and then the rest of the six years and 362 days we've been hanging out. So (laughs) like, I think the first three days were maybe confusing for Jack. Well, here's, I think you're mistaken because you're forgetting (laughs) about Thanksgiving. You didn't meet my sister for Thanksgiving. So firstly we met and we did the tin can challenge on YouTube as like everyone does when you're, 16 and, and 19 have no video ideas. <laughs> um, and then we did that and that was a bad experience. Mm. So then I think that just like in our minds, like we were like, all right, nip that in the bud. And then the next time we met, I spilled vodka all over illegally. I was, you know, <laughs> underage, spilled vodka all over her entire suitcase of everything she brought to America. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so, that got me off on a bad footing. But I, I crawled my way back, you know? I don't think it was that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. And we've been friends ever since. Actually, last night we were talking about, and I want to know, because you guys are also friends and podcast hosts together. Um, yeah. I was talking to Jack last night and I was like, do you like me still? <laughs> like, are we still <laughs> friends? Because it th- having a podcast together has like taken our relationship to such a business place. Right, so, right, yeah. I also just realized we like didn't tell the origin story of Dating Straight at all. <laughs> Let's uh, get please. into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was actually inspired by... Amy's cousin. So, oh, actually. Oh, my God. We've got your sister. We've got your cousin. Yeah. (laughs) We've got the whole family. Um, Basically, Amy and I were going to Palm Springs for a friend's birthday. And um, her cousin was supposed to come. And then she had just gotten broken up with. Yeah. And was crying in the backseat of my car while I was driving. And then, like, was having a breakdown and then was like, pull over. And we were on the highway. She was like, pull over right now. Like, no, go. Like, I need, to, I need to get off and, like, go to Mexico yeah. and get back with my man, pretty much. Um, and I was Dramatic. like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, And Amy was like, don't pull over. Well, um, we were on, like, the fucking 110 speeding down to Palm Springs. It's like, no, girl, we're not going to do that. 
<laughs> and then she accused me of kidnapping and then that's when I was like okay this is serious like what do I do because I'm being accused of kidnapping she's very dramatic and Amy was telling me not to pull over well I also like called her mom and I was like while she was in the backseat I was like Amber's struggling back there like what do we do and she's like no just take her with you so I was like okay we're not kidnapping yeah Right. All right. So you kidnapped a straight person, and then <laughs> <laughs> that this would make a great yes. true crime podcast. <laughs> and then we put on. Then Jack has like the sickest um, breakup playlist, so we like put that on. We were singing "Survivor" by Destiny's Child. Mm. She like calms down in the backseat over there, um, and then. We Congratulations. Like, you know, Calming down a straight person in distress is very hard. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We also play we also did a group meditation <laughs> while driving. Um so and yeah. when we arrived, she was like, Okay, I, I have to we have to pull over soon. Not for her to leave, but so she could throw up mm-hmm. in an in and out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smell um, like and that's shit. when the fun really started after the throw up. Yeah. Like that's when she was like really feeling good. So that was fun. <laughs> and then we were basically just saying, like, you don't need him, dump him, sis. And then we looked at each other, we were like, this would be an amazing podcast. And then we wanted to make the podcast called Dump Him Sis, but then we (laughs) realized, like, we can't tell everyone to dump their partners on the podcast weekly. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, that's how we... And then it was going to be dating straight fucking gay. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but they said no. And then, yeah, <laughs> the said, that's was not like, marketable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not with dating straight. Love it. Um, right. So on your podcast, you voluntarily talk to straight people. Why? Why do you do that? <laughs> well, it's definitely changed well, over time. Like the the initial idea was. We talk to straight people and like figure out that we're all the same. But then it was so much more exciting for us when we had gay people on. And also like our (laughs) gay listeners also just much preferred gay people. Yeah. And so now the concept of our show is like we'll always give it to you straight. So that we didn't change the name as the concept changed, you know. Got it. it, Got it. Love it. (laughs) Had to adjust. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about love. Okay. (laughs) Have we all been in it? Yeah. (laughs) Is it a thing? Hmm. Is it a thing? Wow. Loaded questions. (laughs) Okay. Well, first I'm going to take my anxiety medication really quick. So Amy, you start. Um, Is it our energy? Is it the dyke energy that's making you anxious? (laughs) You're outnumbered? No, actually, I'm surprisingly comfortable around lesbians. Mm. Um, I don't know if all of you identify as lesbians, but... No, not me. Um, I used to be called on YouTube. I was, like, one of the lesbians. Um, I was just, like, in that circle through Amy, so... Um, I mean, you're wearing plaid right now for all our listeners. So yeah, totally. You're next to a plant. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. actually the biggest yeah. dyke in here right now. Yeah. <laughs> I won. <laughs> There was like a phase where Jack literally only hung out with lesbians for like six months. And then he had a breakdown and was like, I don't want to hang out with lesbians anymore. Maybe like two years. (laughs) No, no, I'm talking about like during your 
gap year, like that summer. Well, I guess, yeah, two years. <laughs> gap year. <laughs> Everyone should have um, a lesbian gap year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want Jack to take another gap year. One wasn't well, enough. No. So love, oh. does it exist? Oh, yeah, for sure. Does love exist? Of course it exists. Does it? Yeah. You think? Totally. What do you mean? I I just don't I'm think. Kidding. Oh, <laughs> I just don't think that there's like. Sorry, no offense. I know you're married, but I don't think <laughs> that there's like a long term. I feel like being with the same person for fifty years seems impossible to at least me. I feel like I'm gonna change so much. Yeah. Is it that it seems impossible or just undesirable? I guess undesirable. You're so right. <laughs> like I don't, I don't see myself wanting to do that, like on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, after my divorce, when my wife and I, the night that we uh, first got together, she was also getting divorced, and we were both like, I don't think that marriage is something that people should do, and. Uh, And I was like, I think I only want to be in relationships for like max five years and then move on to the next one. And uh, it doesn't make sense to be with one person forever or to get married. And then like from that night, neither of us dated anyone else and then got married. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) As lesbians do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's only so much control you have. What what changed for you what, going from the mindset of, I don't want to be with anyone for longer than five years? How long have you been with your wife? Four years. A little over four years. Okay, so, so it's coming up. We're, five yeah, approaching a critical, <laughs> a critical juncture. <laughs> what changed was, honestly, we just connected in a way that we'd never connected with anybody. And it just felt different than all of our previous experiences with love and it made us want to like plan our lives together and we both want the same things in life and it just seemed to make so much sense that we're like yeah I am like totally excited about spending 50 years with her I've been in relationships where it that thought was not so exciting (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh, but then those were not the right relationships. And then this time I'm like, oh, no, I definitely uh, am so excited every day to think that this is it for me. Well, cute. Cute for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works for me. <laughs> Jack, what do you think? Oh, man. Um, well, I, um, I, I feel like gay boys and lesbians are complete opposites on the spectrum in terms of like the U-hauling situation. Sure. Like, <laughs> like, like y'all U-haul and we, I don't know, like I would sooner, or I feel like a boy would sooner like fake his death before like actually getting in a relationship, you know, like as an excuse to not be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's just wildly different and I mean, I think because, like, Amy, for instance, like, because she's in that lesbian world of love, like, and U-hauling, is, like, rejecting that. And I'm rejecting, like, the often, you know, hookup, 
culture of gayness and I like want to find love so desperately. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually are like opposites on the spectrum in terms of like our stereotypes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm ready for love. <laughs> it seems like in the gay male community, it's kind of like these extremes where it feels like it's either entirely hookup culture or it's this settled down married couple with a adopted kid. And I don't yes. know anybody who's in between. Right. Like, I don't know anybody who's had, like, several serious relationships. They're either married or they're on Grinder Or right. Scruff. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> or Scruff. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably, like, nice. nine more I don't even know about. <laughs> there definitely yeah. is. Um <laughs> You know, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think there also is sort of actually a middle ground, um, a third in between that's like relation, open relationship mm. um, in between, which works for a lot of people, um, but then also doesn't work for a lot of people. But I guess that's just relationships. You know, a lot of them don't work yeah. or do work. It's just, you know, the, the ones that do work just never end and most of them end. So, um, yeah, but like I, I think... Amy and I have talked about this on our podcast, but, like, gay people tend to sort of, like, maybe be behind because, like, we don't get to explore our sexuality and, like, love interests in high school um, or even for other people who come out later, like, until much, much later. So it's, like, we're still, like, I still feel like I'm in, like, sometimes in high school or like having those like, you know, one month flings like you would have when you were younger because we're like catching up and learning like how to date each other still when we're in our 20s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm in that boat. I was really stunted sexually, like romantically, everything. So when I first came out, I just like, it was all flings. I was just excited, yeah. I think. It is exciting though. Deep down, I'm a gay male. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, but I think love definitely exists. I think it just, um, also manifests differently through different people. And I don't know, men, I think in general, like just want to fuck a lot and different people and just like, ew, I hate to say this. I'm going to say it though like cut it out or bleep it but like spread their seed like that's what men want to do <laughs> you know and definitely not bleeping why. that <laughs> <laughs> do you think i mean around this question of like is love a thing it's more like do you think that there's a common and shared understanding of what love is or do you think it's like a different thing for different people? Like different people identify different things as love. Hmm. Damn. <sighs> That's hard. Amy? Well, <laughs> I mean, like, I guess so. It, it's like all has to do with how we were brought up and what we saw as love. So like, yeah. You know what I mean? What, what shaped your ideas of love growing up? Oh, you know, I, mm, I don't know. It's like so deep and traumatic. So it's like <laughs> how much do I really want to share about that? Probably not that much, honestly. It, we're all just like trying to figure out 
Because they say like you you date your parents or you date like people that were closer to you um, to like try and relive these traumas and like bring them to some sort of resolve. Right. Um, so yeah, I would love to not do that <laughs> in the future. <laughs> um, yeah, so that I'm in a, a lot of therapy for that. Jack? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I love my parents. I feel like they, I mean, I like didn't know that they were struggling in like their relationship until I became an adult and sort of became friends with them. Um, and then they like ended up being like, oh yeah, like we've done couples therapy many times. Like we have been through it. And I think that's an important thing to note is like, there can be multiple types of love. Like the, I think what kept them together what, during the rough patches was like their love for their children and family and just like um, love of life. But their love of each other, like, you know, that goes through, it's like hills and valleys, I think. And I think we have to expect that of love. Like I think I always used to think that love was like this like stagnant, ever present like fluttering of butterflies and everything's perfect and it's like honeymoon phase forever and in reality it's like no love is just like um a very emotional deep commitment um or um I don't know like a sharing of oneself and appreciation of self and others I think um to me that's what love is you know, in our community, we say love is love is love is love. And I just never understood what that meant. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> what is love to me? Is that really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a really tough question. Also, my girlfriend listens to this religiously. <laughs> <laughs> say something this nice. Podcast. <laughs> it's like, it's, um, it's Allie. It's, um, it's. <laughs> It's blonde hair. It's um, <laughs> every time I've been in love or wasn't sure if I was in love, I would just try to imagine my um, life without the person, how I would deal with that. And if I was absolutely devastated, then that meant I actually did love the person. Mm -hmm. So that's what I always bring it back to. Um, like I've definitely hit patches with my girlfriend we've been together for four years and we've come to like some close kind of breaking points but when it comes to that like imagining life without the other person and if you're like ugly crying and sobbing <laughs> at the thought then I think you're in love with the person still and that's my barometer for love as I know it so far you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. 
Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. So, Jack and Amy, have you both been in love? Like, you're sure you've been in love before? Sure. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. No. Are there times where you had thought that you were in love and then later you realized, oh, no, that's not what that was? I mean, not even not even really. I mean, I think I've said, like, probably, like, I love you to people before, but, like, I don't know, looking back, it didn't feel like that deep of a connection. I think a lot of it has to do with like, um, a lot of my like relationships in the past were like secret because I wasn't out. Um, Mm. and so like, it was hard to give like my whole self and like, um, share my love of someone with everyone in the world. And so I think that like inhibits the, I don't know, growth of love in a way. I mean, I hate, I don't want to say that because I'm sure people are closeted in relationships and that's like totally valid. But like for me, I wanted to celebrate someone and be celebrated. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like I haven't had that chance yet. So um, yeah, I wouldn't say I've been in love yet. I was going to say like telling someone like I love you and being in love with someone is like so different. So maybe you did like love that person, but you just weren't like... You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess, but I kind of like <laughs> trust my instincts, you know, where I was like, or I looking back where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe it was a situational reason where I liked that or like because I was insecure or like I needed cuddles for like this year of my life or, you know, I blah, blah, blah. Um, but it wasn't like for the intention of like finding love or like exploring this person. You know what I mean? Kind of. <laughs> I like that topic of like love versus being in love. I think that mm. that's something that maybe it's not unique to queer relationships, but I used to think that sometimes it was because you can love some, especially I guess for, for two women, I feel like our relationships Uh, no matter like if we're dating someone or not, we become so emotionally bonded because we tend to be a little bit more emotionally open and vulnerable Mm -hmm. that it, that the kind of love you feel for someone else can be confusing in that way versus realizing like, am, am I in love or do I just care a lot about this person and I'm fond of them? And like, what's the difference? How do you tell? Uh, well, I don't know. Damn. Now I'm like, have I been in love? <laughs> <laughs> I like don't isn't it just one of those things like when you feel it then it's true? 
Like, is there like a test, like how to tell if you're in love, BuzzFeed quiz, <laughs> you know? I almost think it's like if you say it and it feels true and not by saying it like I love you. Like, I think you can tell someone I love you and not be in love with them. Uh, sure. I know I definitely did that in my uh, first relationships, uh, you know, just felt like, well, we've been pretty intimate at this point. So I guess I love you. <laughs> and like, <laughs> this feels nice to say. And this is what like the movies and TV shows and everything we've been taught of like, this is the order of things. But then being in love, like, I don't know. I remember once I was seeing someone and they said something about being in love with me. And that was when I realized that I wasn't in love with them because that wow. term to me, I was like, well, that's a little much for right now. <laughs> so what did like, you say back? Well, the way they said it is something I, they didn't say like, I'm in love with you. The turn of phrase didn't require that I say it have to say it back you know and I could sure, still say sure. I love you and mean it at that time but yeah. it just uh you know we just hadn't been together for for that long but I remember with my with my first wife we had been friends and, and pretty good friends for two years before we started dating and when we started dating it was kind of hard for me to tell do I love this person or am I in love it kind of took me a little bit to get there and I had to keep checking in with myself. And then I'm like, okay, yes, I do think I'm in love. Interesting. Yeah. When you, when you have to say like, I do think <laughs> that it, that's, I don't think I've had that where I'm like, am I, am I, am I, I feel like I'm like, yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Remember that line? Do you remember the movie It Takes Two, Mary Kate and Ashley movie? <laughs> Vaguely. <Sort of>. Yeah. <laughs> Kirstie Alley's in it. There's just one line from it where she's like, ah, it's got to be that can't eat, can't sleep, reach for the stars, over the fence, <laughs> World Series kind of love. <laughs> I remember seeing that movie and that line just like echoed like when I was like eight years old. And it, I, yeah. just, I always think of that one line from that movie. Like, this has got to be epic. <laughs> See, yeah. that's the thing I think like ruins people, though. Because I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. No, go for it. Movies have a lot to do with it. Yeah. No, I mean, I was just going to say, I think that like spark is important in the beginning. Um, and like that feeling of like, I really am interested in this person and like want to see them is really important. But like, I think over time that's going to fade somewhat and mm -hmm. your connection is going to grow into other things like love of each other's, I don't know, thoughts or like, you know, just understanding someone more and like, but I think the like butterflies you might get might dwindle. And so like you have to know that you love someone in another way or you have to have like another, um, I don't know, like checklist of like what love means because it, that feeling of intensity I think could fade over time. You know, when I described trying to realize like whether or not I was actually in love with my first wife when we got together, it was confusing for me because that was my first relationship that felt like stable and not dramatic, like that it wasn't this extreme thing uh, on one end. It wasn't this like 
crazy, like, oh my God, this is my soulmate. This is the one. And then that also tricked me because I'm like, well, maybe this is what love is because this feels like very sustainable. This seems like something that will just be like smooth sailing for for the rest of my life. And that if it's if it's intense, then it can go intense both ways. And that's trouble. So I was wrong that time, too. (laughs) (laughs) So then what what is your relationship like now? It feels like like there's this intensity to our feelings for each other, definitely. Um, it's not like this constant intensity, but there are a lot of days where I'm just like, oh my God, I just want to like scream, I love her so much. And, uh, and it's the same way back, but it's it's all grounded in like this feeling that, it's so hard to describe. Uh, I wish I was a poet or something, this might be more eloquent, but it's also like there when we're quiet. Like one of the things I noticed with her, um, you know, we're both creative people and we used to a lot just hang out and I would be writing and she would be making art and we'd be in the same room and we might not even say anything for like two hours to each other while we're working on our own stuff. And I'll just have this feeling of like, such like happiness and love and just feel so content being mm-hmm. sharing that space with her. I'm just like madly in love with her. And, uh, yeah. but in a way that doesn't feel as like dramatic and performative as my early relationships. And part of that was because I was very reluctant to love her and to let myself love her because I was coming out of a divorce. So I'm like, no, this isn't happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And it yeah. did. I mean, yeah, that's what, like, I, like, want or look for is, like, comfort and, like, like sustainability and, like, like an, an opportunity for growth in a relationship where, like, sometimes yeah. I feel like when it's so hot and heavy and, like, those hugely intense relationships, it's, like, how do you also, like, go up from there when it's, like, already so amazing, but then it, like, gets really bad. Like, you can't get more amazing than the super amazing, and you can't get, like, like, if it becomes more middle ground, it already feels, like, less intense. So I feel like it almost, like, is better to go in with, like, a, I don't know, just, like, zen mindset. This is so hard to talk about, and I I didn't realize how hard love would be to talk about. (laughs) Totally. And that's why there are poets, and I'm realizing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we know nothing. That's Amy and I, like, nothing. on our podcast, that's our whole thing, is, like, we literally are the worst people at giving advice. We know nothing. But I think that also is indicative of, like, how love in itself is, like, beyond human comprehension, you know? hmm Yeah. Yeah, there's no one, like, straightforward way of articulating it. And and I think it takes trial and error, you know. So my first relationship, like, my first, like, very serious one, it just felt super dramatic. When I got finally got out of that, then I went the total opposite way and was like, we've been lied to, movies and TV shows and everybody, it's all a big lie. And you just need to find somebody that you enjoy being around and can, you know, communicate with and you want the same things. And like, that's a good kind of love. But then when I started 
dating my wife, I felt like I was in a rom-com. Like for the first time <laughs> in my life, I felt like I was just in like this dickless rom-com, uh, going around like New York City, having these experiences. I was on cloud nine. You know, I was also like terrified. And, and then it was that feeling of like, oh my gosh, maybe like this is what, this is it. Like now I found it, you know, it's, it's such trial and error. Yes. I think you definitely need the error yeah. to <laughs> fall in love and know <laughs> what uh-huh. you don't want or what doesn't work to really appreciate what does work as it's happening, as you're falling. But then yeah. there are people who fall in love. Like, Do you have any friends who are high school sweethearts who have gotten married and that's the only person they've been with? And Nope. Uh, <laughs> does that happen so, anymore? I have one. Wait. <laughs> Amy, what about all your friends in Australia? Aren't they like all? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a bunch of like straight girls in Australia that do that. (laughs) But but I think that they at least had like previous boyfriends. Maybe not one, but she's very religious. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, I've got (laughs) one of those. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be like that, actually. There's so many different forms of love and marriage. I don't know. I watched Indian matchmaking, so now my idea of love has, like, had a wrench thrown in it. I'm like, or you could just, you know, have a lot of compatibilities on paper and have a best friendship grow into that love. Absolutely. I was in a class that um, talked about arranged marriage. I'm still in college, (laughs) Um, but... Um, they were talking about how, yeah, like the notion of like having a partner that your family picks for you, um, because your family, you know, most families like know their child very well, um, in those communities, like they almost all, they have like better rates of success with arranged marriages than we do here because we don't pick for good partners for ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. we pick like partners that are you know, incredibly like the high and lows, the passionate, the the crazy ones. But like in the end, that's maybe not what serves us, which is crazy. Yeah. Like we, we destroy ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And meeting the parents is a huge hurdle and a stressor like that happens after you've already had the highs and lows and like kind of committed to someone. So for that to be eliminated, I feel mm-hmm. like that takes a lot of pressure off the relationship from the beginning. Like my girlfriend met, my family and at first my mom didn't like her and I was like well just I just oh, no. wasted all this time no. my mom now has grown to really love her but at first like I really was like should I just end this like <laughs> why didn't your mom like her yeah <laughs> well because I like Carolyn got out of a messy relationship and I was very vocal about the fact that I would not be with someone for years and I would never you know, settled down with someone right away based off those initial feelings. And then what happened? I <laughs> like immediately fell for my girlfriend. So I think I told my mom too much in that like raw emotion after my breakup about how I really needed to be alone for five years or something. Mm. And my mom's Iranian and not used to just Americans in general, but like my girlfriend's the most American, like Southern <laughs> loud, like came in hot, <laughs> like doesn't know how to pronounce her Iranian name so I was like I'm just gonna call her mom and like just oh really <laughs> came in <laughs> real strong <laughs> <laughs>
you would stop dating someone because your parents didn't approve? Yeah, if I just had to just keep looking to the future to know that there was going to be that friction potentially and just, I don't know, that would scare me out of a relationship at least. I also have a desperate need of approval from everyone about everything I do in life, so maybe that's (laughs) part of it too. (laughs) I could tell that my mom didn't think much of my ex-wife like she never said it because she didn't want to be not supportive but there was just like no real fondness or um, attachment there and then that difference compared to like how my parents uh, view Cecilia like I think they definitely like her better than they like me and that was like clear immediately (laughs) Uh, so yeah like sometimes parents I think they they kind of know they know everything about me. Like, I'm sure that they would pick the perfect person for me. Yeah. Oh my God, let them. Yeah. What are you waiting for? That would be a fun project. Yeah. They don't know any gays. <laughs> they don't know. They need to know. go to PFLAG meetings and then meet <laughs> other parents. Yeah. Ooh, that and would then, be fun. Yeah. Like, well, that would be fun. We I need think more they gay arranged it. marriages. Yes. yes, gay arranged marriages. Let's start a service. Well, dudes, I was I was saying like with COVID, now that we like can't really date safely like around, you know, you can't like go on multiple dates with multiple people um, all the time. Like I feel like it's going to happen much more of like referring a friend to another friend, you know, like, oh, I know someone and like you guys yeah. might match. Like I feel like that might make a comeback. I think so. Do you believe in love at first sight? No. No. <laughs> that was a stupid. Quick no for me. Yeah, that's so stupid. <laughs> so no offense if anyone does. <laughs> I think not love at first sight, but like that intensity at first sight can be very real, but not like. Yeah, want a bone at first sight. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like maybe like love at first date, like post first date, you know, like post first date when you're analyzing how the date went. But like, not like, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to need you to talk and make sure you're not saying something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys believe in love at first sight? No. I wonder if we don't I wonder if we're just more jaded in general as queer people and if we maybe had more Disney movies, you know, that were gay or maybe we would believe in a lot more of this whirlwind love fantasy stuff if we were sold that from an earlier age. I don't know. I feel like lesbians would get it most of all. Like, I feel like you guys fall <laughs> in so fast already in in general. This is a generalization. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that maybe you'd be more likely to believe in it. I think I believe more in maybe infatuation at first sight, or at least mm-hmm. that's been my experience, where there have been women who I've, like, clocked as queer and then quickly was, like, oh, I want to get to know them more. How do I get to see them? Um, how how can I, like, maybe have a chance with them? And we'll, like, look at all their social media and, and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. it, those things, in my experience, have never led 
to a relationship. That's so real. Yeah, I would get the infatuation at first sight, especially when I was younger. And it was like this one girl in my class in high school might also be queer. And then I think I thought I was in love with this person, but I was really just completely obsessed. Totally. Yeah. What's one of the one or some of the biggest determinants or, or factors of whether or not you fall for somebody? Wow. I literally don't know. Like, it's been so long (laughs) since I've had any sort of relationship. It's been, like, well over a year at least. So it's I don't even know anymore. And I feel like that's also changing as I'm getting older as well. Yeah. Um, So... Mm, I I used to think like it's someone that I really get along with and want to spend a lot of time with, but there's so much more to that. I guess on the so, flip side, is it easier to answer? How do you know it's definitely someone that you couldn't love? <laughs> Name wow. names. God. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Mm-hmm. Um, not like if you don't know that they like you like if like you should know if someone likes you and you should know if Mm. you like someone and Mm -hmm. you should be able to distinguish that easily like like if you have to question like oh do they like me or like something like that like that is a big red flag to me Um, yeah true so always stay away from that like they will let their feelings be known if they want to. And we should accept that. And we get questions from our listeners sometimes. And I hate to, I'm like, I don't want to break your little heart, but they're not into you. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also so much easier to see from the outside perspective. Oh, yeah. Versus yeah. like being in it. It's like, well, they said this, but then they also said this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think also, like, to get back to the question of, like, how do you know you like someone is, like, that should be the question you ask yourself after dates. Not, like, does this person like me? But, like, do Mm -hmm. I like this person? Because I am very bad about that. And my first instinct is, like, what do they think about me? Like, I can't really read them, blah, blah, blah. And what we should all be thinking is, like, wow, what did I think of them? And that's just like Mm -hmm. never occurred to me until my mom told me that like six months ago where she was like, you definitely (laughs) don't look at that. And I'm like, okay, mom, geez, like, lower your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that also comes into play depending on the mentality you're going in with too. It's almost like a job. Like if you're really desperate for a job, you show up at every interview and you're like oh, I hope they like me and I'm going to try to be the person that they want me to be and all you're looking for is their approval because you'll you'll take anything. As to if like you already have a job and you're happy with it and then someone calls you in for an opportunity and you're like, well, I don't know if I want it. I don't need it. Is it right for me? And then you kind of turn it around. Yeah. Uh, so I think like the people who are lonely and that's what's like driving them to date can fall into that trap of 
just trying to please the other person instead of really evaluating like, is this what so I you're need saying right self love should be your job first and foremost. It should be your mm. job to love yourself. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Do so you both true. love yourselves? Do you love yourself? Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yes. I mean, Amy, I watched uh, some of your videos and stuff, so I know like part of your thing is like, why are you single? But how how do you navigate that now that you have like this public persona kind of around that? Does do you find like that makes things harder? Does it make you overthink things or? Um, honestly, like when I, I got out of my first breakup and I kind of made my whole brand, like, this is why I'm single. And I was just like being awkward and doing whatever. Um, and then that did totally bite me in the ass when I got into another relationship and I was like, well, I can't keep saying that because that's just like a lie now. Um, (laughs) But now I kind of just like poke fun at it. I just made a video with my couple friends and they're evaluating like why I'm still single, whatever. And I think people took it very seriously. And literally um, when that whole video was like super sarcastic, I just asked my friends to be like as mean and ruthless as they possibly could. Um, (laughs) Because like I know why I'm single, like I don't want to date. So um, I think people were like, oh, she's so single. Like, it's okay, girl. You're going to find someone. And I'm like, I hope not. <laughs> and I mean that. I guess I'm just coming from a place where I have not been in a relationship and been thriving at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm very much like, well, let me take a break. Let's like put that on the back burner um, and just really do my own thing. And then in the future, when I get to it or when I feel like it, then I'll start doing something different. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I always think it's funny when people are like, oh, you'll find someone. Don't worry. And I'm like, I am actually not worried. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not what I want. Maybe I'm just lucky that a pandemic hit. So it really like kind of any semblance, maybe I should go out and date. Um, That's like taken away anyway. So I kind of walked. Jack, with the queer male community, like you mentioned, being more stereotypically like hookup culture. How do guys react to you when you talk about what you want and what you're looking for? You know, I I think it's interesting because I think a lot of gay men, queer men, like in theory want what I want, you know, or like when I say it, they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, like we'll see what happens, of course. And because like I'm not going in being like, I want marriage with you. You know, I'm like, oh, (laughs) like I'd be interested in like maybe something more long term, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone's always like, yeah, totally. Um, But then I think it's just like a matter of like wanting in theory versus practice. And, um, but there are definitely like, I don't want to paint this picture of like all gay men are anti-relationship and like, Oh, sure. Want the end of, you know, monogamy (laughs) and are going to destroy the, the sanctity of marriage. I've already ruined that. Yeah. 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 That was like the first thing I did when they let us get married. I'm like, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to ruin it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
it's over for you, straights. Um, but yeah, I I think there are definitely some people who like also want what I want, which is just like a deep connection. And um, it's just about picking or like finding that person or those people and like, you know, making it clear that like you have this connection and that you like them. And um, I don't know. I feel like I'm sort of in the middle of that right now. Um, Yeah. yeah, But, but, but he (laughs) is on the opposite coast from me right now. So it's like, um, kind of lesbian of me, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, I think it definitely is possible and you just have to like really make your intentions clear, um, and communicate about how you feel about someone. And if they don't feel the same way, move on. Yeah. It's kind of simple, but in practice, it's like so aggravating when it like doesn't work out like that. Right. Is anyone here scared of love? Yes. <laughs> what scares you about it? Ugh, painful. It's so painful. Admit it. It's painful. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't like to be in pain like that. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I might push back on that and say like isn't life painful already so like yeah. wouldn't you want oh, to yeah. go through that pain with someone and like you know help someone else through that pain when they go Jack, through that's pain? why i have you <laughs> <laughs> okay but you don't want to like do it and then get a smooch at the end like well, come here, pucker up. <laughs> His roommate has COVID. Don't do it, Amy. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> do you find platonic love as satisfying as romantic love? Or are they just so different you can't compare them? So different. So different. How could you compare? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think they're just completely two different types of love. I think, isn't there a thing of like... There's like Eros love and there's like blah, blah, blah. There's like all these different types of love with like Latin names, which I don't really remember at all. But I think it's like a, even in psychology, that that's like a thing where there's um, the different types of love. And it's just, um, yeah, it's completely different. I don't think you can be fulfilled in the same way. Like you need both. Well, not necessarily as, you know, Amy doesn't need both. She needs just fun but <laughs> but you know you, it might be beneficial to have both <laughs> is that shade <laughs> i mean we've talked about it we have yeah i had to look it up because i was very curious it was the ancient greeks have six words for love i didn't know eros love is the sexual passion right right kind of love that's the only one he knew so <laughs> <laughs> Are there couples in your life who you see and you're like, that's the kind of love that I want? Wow. Wow. Damn. Well, no. You're really asking the tough questions today. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. I, but, but like love to every person, you can't really compare 
at all. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to know from the outside, too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I it's think- usually the old, old couple on the park bench. Like, <laughs> Yes, totally. <laughs> the one example for me that comes to mind was I worked with this guy once, and he, he was older, and he was, like, semi-retired, and he just loved his wife so much. And every time we talked, he would just talk about his wife in the sweetest way and they had been married for 60 years maybe yeah that's cute to me you want that love that like you see but then also I think there's like this Fiona Apple lyric that is like (laughs) it would like nobody can replace anybody and it would be a shame to make a comparison like so it's like their love that they have, I'm sure would like never work for like me or you guys, you know? And it's like they're, they've created probably like this language that they understand that where there is harmony. And it's like, that's what I want. Not like their love, but like I want to be able to have that like commitment and understanding and like um, language with someone, you know? Amy, so at the beginning of this conversation, you talked about you can't imagine being in love with somebody for like 50 years or for, for the long term. Have I changed your mind? No. Uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, is that, is that like out of a fear of sorts or is it? It's gotta be surely. Yeah. (laughs) It has to be. I don't know. I just don't, like a fear of missing out on something else if you were to commit to one person or just knowing, as you mentioned, like the pain and the suffering and be like, hey, if you are just like dipping in and out, the pain can never be that bad. Um, I feel like uh, I think the commitment of it all is pretty scary. I'm like a pretty like um, flip floppy ass person. So I feel like knowing that I like have to commit to this thing forever seems just like so unlikely to me. Yeah. Like to be, because I want to first and foremost be happy. So I don't think like having those like tough years and we got through it together, like that's not a huge priority for me. I feel like if I'm having tough years with someone, then it might just be like our time to not be together anymore. But also like I'm 26, almost 27. So I I just can't imagine the person that I am now and the person that I'm going to be when I'm 80 to be anything like each other. Like I look at when I was 21 And if I stayed with the person when I was 21 to now, I just can't imagine the miserable bitch that I would be right now. So I just, it just seems unfathomable to be like, even for the next 27 years to stick with one person, that seems like a nightmare to me. (laughs) (laughs) Love and happiness aren't, the same thing at all. And I think that that's also a reason why people stay in bad relationships. And yeah, that's a really interesting thing you brought up of like, 
you know, is love about commitment and getting through the tough times or is love about recognizing when to let go and, you know, loving someone being like, hey, I love you enough to know that that I'm like that us together doesn't equal happy. Yeah. So let's separate. I think like if I am going to settle down, I'll do it when I'm 60. (laughs) (laughs) That seems normal to me. Yeah. In my head. I think the problem right there is the term uh, settle down. I think if we all called it settling up, then people would be Ooh. much more into it. Yeah. Rebrand yeah. it. Damn. <laughs> That's the lesbian agenda. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like making a lifetime commitment with someone when I'm 60 just seems so much more like it's possible for me. Yeah. I mean, I also used to work with a guy and. He was, like, just very stereotypical dudes, dude. Like, just kind of simple guy, liked his football, liked his beer, whatever. But then with me, he seemed to get, like, very vulnerable. Uh, (laughs) And it was, like, a side that he didn't let other people and would always talk about, like, his marriage and stuff. And he'd be like, you know, I just think that when this concept of marriage was a thing, people were dying when they were 30, and for wow. <laughs> and then we've like brought it and medicine has advanced and I don't think that anybody ever anticipated that you would be spending <laughs> you know 60 That's years yeah. totally w- with somebody <laughs> yeah so like biologically we're not equipped to maintain relationships for that long mm-hmm he was also fascinated by gay men because he's like, I mean, I'm not, but it just seems like really nice to have people who are like always down to do it. And I'm like, okay, that's a interesting perspective, <laughs> Jim. Uh, <laughs> that's what he thought being gay was. It's just like, oh, like it's guys that are all just DTF all the time. Uh <laughs> So we know so women right. more like that. Yes. Yeah. He just has the physical touch love language. Yes. I guess so. <laughs> oh yeah, love languages. Love I... languages, which is mine by the way. There are 5 love languages. Yeah. Five is it love 5 languages? Or... Okay. Yeah. So what are the there's words of affirmation, receiving um, gifts, physical receiving touch, gifts. acts of service, quality time. Quality time. Yeah. Mhm. Do any those of those seem pretty you? good to me. <laughs> <laughs> One of like, I'll, I'll take them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely quality time for sure. Um, I think my ranking was quality time, physical touch. Um, wait, what's... Wait. Acts Words of, of affirmation. Um, mm-hmm. Acts of service, gifts. That sounds good to me, too, honestly. (laughs) I'll take one of those. It always confuses me because I, like, when people are like, oh, what's your love language? I'm like, well, is it how I receive or how I give? And apparently they're supposed to be similar, but for me it's, like, very different. Like, I express love with words of affirmation, but for me acts of service is how I feel love. Mm. What does that mean to you? Like, what is an act of service that you love to get? Uh, just, uh, oral sex. Okay, cool, 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 cool. cool. Wait, no, that's physical touch. Uh, So we're all on the same page. (laughs) No, 
know. It'll be like. All right, that's um, my love language then, too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, uh, my, my wife, like when she helped me, uh, update my portfolio, uh, online on my website and to me, I'd never felt so loved than when she was like, Hey, let me help you out with this. And I was like, Oh my God, like I, this is it. You know, I don't know. I just, yeah. Yeah. Carolyn's also a Capricorn. (laughs) Thank you. My portfolio. <laughs> like, <laughs> a very Capricorn thing to get excited about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know anything about Capricorn, so. Well, you're dealing with two of them right now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I've never been around one, let alone two. <laughs> yeah. We love our portfolios. That's all. And, that's, and that's our, we love our tangibles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Portfolios and oral sex. <laughs> Last thoughts on love. Hmm. Sounds good, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, sounds good is for me, and we'll see. <laughs> Where can our listeners find you and follow you on social media and listen to your podcasts? I mean, the same way they listen to Diking Out, listen to Dating Straight. But where can they find you on social media? <laughs> um, everything's just at Dating Straight. Go listen. It's cool. Yes, <laughs> it is cool. We have mm-hmm, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, who, who are some of your favorite guests that you've had on? Oh, my goodness. Um, or like if people <laughs> should start with one episode, like which one do you recommend? Like start here. Oh. This was a good one. Wow. I'm pulling up out. Well. Yeah, there we've it depends like what your energy is because there's like some really hectic ones and there's some really like sweet ones too. So if you're in the mood mm-hmm. for like, I don't know, health, you know, if you want us to build you up, if you're at your worst, then anyone <laughs> with like Shan Booty is good. Um, oh, yeah. And then if you want some chaos in your life, go yes, ahead please. and listen to um, like the one with like, Drew and Enya or mm-hmm. and I mean the ones with Cami Scott and Rebecca Black are always amazing. Yeah. Yes, love it. <laughs> dykes want that. Rosie yes. <laughs> for the Dykes. We have one with them. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a big mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. That is a big get. Congratulations. And for those <laughs> for those who discovered their gayness by watching Glee, Santana, and Brittany, <gasps> we've had on um Kevin McHale and Jenna Ashok. Kowitz, that, which was a they should riot. actually start that. That's a really, yeah. really good episode. Wow. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for diking out. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks. Sorry guys. if I broke your brains with all my questions. <laughs> Do you think maybe I inadvertently put a curse on Amy and now love is just gonna come after her? I think she's so. gonna yeah. She'll be like, I've been avoiding this. And now all of a sudden, after that, Dyke kept hammering me with questions about love. You put a big lesbian curse on her. It's my favorite thing to do. I can't help it. (laughs) Tis the season. Right. Yes, everybody. If you're not putting lesbian curses on people, what are you doing in October? Are you even celebrating you Halloween? Yes. Oh, man. What do you say we get to our listener question? All right. 
Let's get into it. This week's listener question. I'm 22 and have recently realized that I am gay slash queer through dating my first girlfriend. There is a common notion perpetuated by queer media slash content that once you finally kiss a girl, everything will click into place and kissing slash sex will just come naturally. That wasn't the case for me. My girlfriend and I were each other's first for just about everything, so it all took some time to get used to. But it felt like there was something wrong with me for not having things all magically work perfectly now that I was with a girl. I've still not figured out what I like and haven't been able to orgasm, whereas it's much easier for her and literally takes minutes. I get very in my head about it and feel like I'm broken somehow, even though she's very supportive. I just expected it to be easier and to just automatically feel good, especially with someone I feel so comfortable with. How long did it take you guys to figure out what you liked and is it normal to need time to figure it out? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) A couple of years and yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of factors at play, but definitely I know that I didn't orgasm until my third partner and even then I think we were at least six or eight months into dating before that happened yeah it takes a while I myself could not orgasm with a partner until my mid-20s and it always takes I think a while with someone new to figure out how you work together I like how you clarified with a partner because... Because I be doing it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I wasn't. So I'd never orgasmed before. So I didn't really know what to expect. And I think a lot of times when you hadn't haven't had an orgasm, you'll have feelings and you're like, maybe that's it. And it's not it. If you have to be like, maybe, I don't know. I think, could that be it? Then you haven't had one. Like when you have one, you'll know that you've had one. It takes a while. And because I had never made myself orgasm because I think Catholicism scared me out of masturbating. Definitely. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It, yeah, it kind of took a, a while to figure out, you know, there's, I think, I mean, for me at least, uh, like mentally my head has to be in the right space and between like that and making sure that you're being touched in the way that that works for you that can be a little bit complicated it's not always as straightforward it's very normal it's very natural to take some time with somebody the kissing So in your question, you said once you finally kiss a girl, everything will click into place and kissing slash sex will just come naturally. I think the kissing usually kind of comes naturally, uh, though maybe not because I remember uh, because I was queer and my first girlfriend, uh, you know, I knew a bunch of people who had also made out with her because then we were making out with each other and it was just a big uh, L word chart Mm -hmm. of makeouts and whatnot and we all had a very different opinions on how she kissed (laughs) oh interesting yeah so it was like oh maybe it got better with time you know like the one who first kissed her was like oh she's an awful kisser and I'm like oh I don't think she's that bad and then 
I met a girlfriend of hers a couple of years later and she was like, isn't she the best kisser? And I'm like, wow, <laughs> good for her, you know? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it could be time or it could be the connection. I know some people just aren't Frenchers <laughs> too. Like, that's and that's also fine. Like, yeah. um, it's not for everyone, right? Yeah, it's hard to know what the issue is here. It could just be that because you're you're new to this kind of stuff that you're still figuring out what you like, what you want. Uh, it could be that maybe you two aren't necessarily sexually compatible or at least for right now. And and that's okay too. Uh, but the one thing that you can do to try to make the situation better is to communicate. Yes. And don't be afraid to communicate and be honest about what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And don't be afraid to guide her and don't be afraid to hurt her feelings because I'm sure she wants to know how to bring you pleasure. I'm sure that that would make her very, very happy. And if you could give her the cheat codes, uh, <laughs> that would be a lot better than her just trying to hit a bunch of buttons uh, Yeah, on the controller and seeing which one Also, unlocks. ask her what she wants, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, communication is key. I don't think I was having good sex until I was able to articulate um, what I wanted. That's so true. The game, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember my first two girlfriends, like I was horrified about talking about it. I was so nervous about actually doing it that to talk about it seemed even crazier. So, you know, it would be, I, I've never talked about like what I wanted and, that definitely had an an impact. And it wasn't until I was with somebody for, you know, over, uh, over six months that I could communicate and be like, no, 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 keep doing this, this right here. Yeah. And then that's what did it. Yeah. (laughs) It's math. And you just, you have to give her the equation. (laughs) So don't worry. There's nothing wrong with you. Enjoy. (laughs) Wait, let's keep that in. Sorry, let's keep that in. Carolyn still has a lot of residual Catholicism and is (laughs) maybe still trying to figure out how to talk about it. Listen, I'm just glad that this listener is 22 and not any younger. Yeah, guys, we love to give advice, but if you're 16 and writing in with sex questions we feel a little dirty so yeah please talk to your friends for now and then once you hit a certain you know appropriate age to talk to women in their 30s about it write write us in yeah (laughs) you can send in your questions to diking out at gmail.com or if you have a more private question or a more detailed personal question you can go to wisio.com that's wisio.com slash diking out and we will for a little bit of money send you recorded answers on video that are personalized to you and if you are a patron your questions go to the top of the list so you can send us those questions through patreon You can follow us on social media at Diking Out. 
everywhere except for TikTok, where we are at Diking Out Pod, and there is nothing there now, but there's going to be something there soon because we are so close to 10,000 followers on Instagram, and that's the weird pact we made with the devil that if we get 10,000 followers, we will do a TikTok dance. Somebody suggested we do the Phoebe Bridgers dance. I looked at it. I think I could handle that. I don't know what a Phoebe Bridgers dance would look like. You know, it's a little bit faster moving than I thought. Is it to motion sickness? It is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What does that look like? I'm going to look that up immediately. Yeah, start sending in your dance suggestions. We are getting close to that sweet, sweet 10K. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. And you can follow me at Melody Kamali. And thank you so much for diking out with us this week. We hope you dike out with us again next week. And for now, be kind to one another. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.